Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, none of you podcast of all time. Welcome to, that's right, the Prince of Fresh Air. This is your host, Mr. No Days Off, a.k.a. the most charismatic man in entertainment with a special guest, uh, producer and director by day, dad by night, my guy, the man that helped change my life, Jared Barrow. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? I got to make a correction right away. It's Burrell, man. Burrell. Oh, Burrell. I didn't know that. I always said, uh, even uh, during the incoherence days, I always say Barrel. I don't know why. I was just. Uh, you know, it's it's such a common thing. It it it's like ah, whatever. I'm I'm used to it. But if we're gonna do one on one, I gotta crash it. <laughs> you believe this guy? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I know. Fame's gone to my head. <laughs> While all your listeners and viewers are saying, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> hey, it's not wrong with that. It's not wrong with that. Hey. We all we all been there. I've been there. I'm still not at the the Chris Hemsworth level, but you know we, we all uh, we're working. So well, you're growing um, out the hair. You're getting there. That's true. People people recognize me for it. So let's, I'm not cutting in no time soon. It's part of the the brand, I should say. But anyway, like it's not about me. This is about you. I wanna I wanna um, talk about you. So uh, like I said, just to clarify, when I said change my life. Um, Working on the Incoherence, which is a, a, a amazing movie, which is also available on Epics. Um, that was my first time doing uh, anything related to film or TV because I've been a theater uh, actor for the longest. Yeah, so for me, it was uh, not just you, but the whole cast and and your brother as well. Um, you know, you welcome he, me. He, I got to pause you for a second. He appreciates the shout out. He gives me crap every time I do an interview or something. I don't mention Jordan. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so Jordan Burrell, producer of the Incoherence, changed this man's life. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you guys, uh, it was a it was a one day thing. And then I started, you know, I became friends with you guys. And then you was like, hey, you know what? Keep coming and we'll we'll use you. And then that was the first time I ever got experience in TV and film. Got my first uh, credit from that. Awesome. And it was a great experience. So um, I'm glad. Absolutely. So I'm glad. Let, and let's for, start. for all the viewers at home, you know, if you go and you, you watch the incoherence, Percy is in the back of almost every single shot. <laughs> 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 that's that's the fun of indie films. It's uh, you know, um, we were so happy anybody wanted to be in it. Absolutely. Um, especially, you know, when you're looking at background players and stuff like that. It's um, you know, that's that's uh one of the things I, I didn't even realize was going to be a challenge was was really filling the the background stuff and having people who were like really excited to be there because it's, it's a long day it's a hard it's a hard even if you're doing you know a smaller job on it it's hard to be working all day so like you know you were so enthusiastic that you know it was certainly like hey that guy is is we, we used to joke on set that you were the incoherence number one fan because you would be <laughs> on every every time we, we had a show that you were there on set so like I I it really does. It warms my heart to hear that that had like an actual impact on, on your life. And, and, you know, having become friends with you online and watching what you've been doing and stuff, it seems like you've been making like a lot of headway. You've been, you've been hustling and I, I'm proud of you. Yeah. It's uh it's been a journey, you know, uh, moving to LA. I'm, I want to keep this on you, but just a little bit, you know, I moved to LA. We can, we can make it about both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Mutual, true. Mutual but, respect to you. I like it. But I, I want, I want your perspective and, and advice because I know there's a lot of, uh, people in the industry that, that'll listen to this and, and need guidance and, and help, which is why I started YouTube as well, because, you know, moving to LA last year made me realize that, uh, you know what, my career is my number one priority. I can't be sitting around 
are waiting for opportunities to come. So I want to give the platform for people like you and myself and for other people who who are pursuing the career, who's already in the career or don't know where to start. You know, we could all we could all always learn from somebody. Um, but, but anyway, I digress. Let, let's. So I said, let's talk about you for a little bit. So uh, besides the incoherence, you know, how, how did you get involved in the entertainment business? Was it easy? Was it rough? Uh, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just funny, like, you know, to say, was it as if it was like a past tense thing? I don't even know that I'm still in the entertainment business yet. You know, I, I, it's just, when are you in it? I I mean, I, I don't know. Um, it was, it's, it's been, let's say that way, not it was, but it's been, um, it's a hard ride, man. It's, it's really taxing. It's one of those things that, um, you know, some people, can I curse on this podcast? freedom of speech good some people (laughs) step in shit and they step in the best shit and you go like how how have you done all these things i mean it's impressive it's incredible but um jordan and i i mean we've been hardcore hustling for 15 years now may i mean technically more but but we, we sort of put our first uh you know foot forward it's it's 15 years um so it's it's kind of insane to me that you know it took 15 years for us to release our first film um when we started we were making comic books um i had let me me make as long a story as short as possible um but i did um a short film in graduate school i went to graduate school for design and in that process while i was going to school for design i had made some shorts and stuff in college and my brother and his friends wanted to make a movie that they were going to write because they wanted to be actors. So that was their thought right. process. Like, let's make a movie for, that we can act in. And they said, well, we want Jared to direct it because he's the only one who's ever directed anything. So I made you right. know, a music video or two and a little short in college. And that film never happened. Um, but they like, it was like Inception. They accepted this idea in my head about being the director. And while I'm in school for design, I said, like, I really want to do this. And so I made my thesis a film for design school which is where I met Alex Emanuel, who's also the producer, one of the producers on The Incoherence and plays Jimmy Anthony wrote on music and stuff because um, I cast him in that. And that's how we, we got friendly and, and met. Um, but that short film started going out to a couple of producers and stuff, just people who someone knew or knew or knew or whatever. And people liked it. And this is 2005. Um, and we sort of like jumped from there it's like, oh, all the always the producer drama and stuff we, we sort of learned early that um not all producers are there to help you they're sort of there to help themselves and it absolutely it, it you know things things didn't really move that quickly or, or anything really happened with that short and what we were talking about with it um but we said you know what this is sort of the direction we wanted to go we had this idea um for a comic book called Brianna Mahar but and we wanted to make it a movie. So we said, let me rephrase that. We had an idea for a movie called Brielle Nahar about this, <laughs> this, this girl with these powers and stuff um, before it was cool uh, to make comic books and make uh, comic book movies. And, um, and we said, let's go make a comic book. Let's take the art skills and design skills and all that stuff. Let's take our writing skills. Let's make a comic book and then use that as a pitch piece. And so we did, and we brought it to New York Comic Con in 2007. And it blew up. Like people, I mean, on a relative level um you know we sold something like a thousand comics in one weekend we ended up getting signed to a manager we had a big shot producer signed to this movie and it looked like we were going to be like overnight successes we were talking about 
actually me directing this film for $30 million with major wow. companies. Um, and it was incredible. It looked like we were going to be that overnight success. Like the, that was the dream. Like, ah, oh, this is easy. We got it. Right. Like we thought right. we stepped in shit. <laughs> that good shit. What happened? Writer's strike, the market crash in 08. It, 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 nothing, nothing ever manifested from it. Oh. So, you know, we went from like, all right, we're going to be overnight successes to chasing these smaller budgets. Um, you know, we made another graphic novel, like, oh, maybe we could do that for five to 10 million. Like, I mean, this is, it was a different time, you know? Right. But, um, you know, they kept chasing and chasing and chasing until at some point I was attached to a handful of these little films that were anywhere from a hundred thousand to $300,000. We got, um, I think we had sold uh, some, one of our ideas we got, we got sold or hired to, to return into a screenplay, which was nice to get paid a little bit that fell apart. Like all these things fell apart. And right. um, in 2012, Alex, um, who at that point I had called up to be in every little trailer and little short film. Um, he was like, you know, it's time to return the favor. Uh, my friend Jeff wrote this thing called The Incoherence and um, we want to make a short film to help promote it. You know, can you help us out? Can you, can you shoot it? So Jordan and I shot it. Um, it was, I think we spent um, like 300 bucks was the total budget for this, this little short. Right. Um, it was like, I think, I don't even remember, it was like seven minutes, 10 minutes, it depends on the edit. I think there were a handful of edits, but we spent an afternoon, we shot with the four guys who were in the band in the film. And, um, and I loved it. I thought it was just hilarious. It was super funny. It was just off the cuff. It was raw. Um, the direction was really simple because the, the guys were just playing off each other really well. Um, and it was a different thing for me to do like comedy stuff. Like most of my stuff is like genre stuff, like, you know, comic kind of stuff horror, sci-fi, those kinds of things. And um, if I'm talking a million miles an hour, I did just have a child and I have not slept. So I am on like so much caffeine right now to like try. <laughs> so if okay. I'm buzzing off the wall. It's all good. It's all it. no judgment over here. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, so as I said, I was, I was attached to a bunch of different things and I had flown out to LA, so this was back in New Jersey. And I was trying to pitch some some different projects that I was um, that I was working on. I went to like the American film market, trying to meet people and network and stuff. And while I was there, I was like, "This is kind of silly. I don't have necessarily the scripts for some of these things." I really enjoyed that short. People are, are enjoying it. We had just finished it, so I called Jeff while I was out here and I said, "Can you send me the script? I'd like to read it, the full thing." And I read it. I fell in love with it. I thought it was just it 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 hit home. As someone that played in bands and stuff my whole life, I was like, "This story about these middle aged guys who." Um, you know, time had just taken away their band and, and they were looking at, you know, start it up again and trying to convince each other to do it. Right. Um, I mean, I have those conversations. We just had it the other day because my brother and now my brother-in-law were my bands back in college. And uh -huh. we've been talking, every time we get together, we talk about getting the band back together. So this thing hit really home. And I thought that there were some moments that were like straight out of my life in certain respects and just things that I could relate to. And I said, Jeff, I'd like to make this movie. And I'd like to say then the rest was history, but the rest took eight years to, right. you know, um, between cutting different versions of the short, different trailers to try and promote and raise money. Um, you know, we nickeled and dimed this thing until there was like finally enough money not to, to do it, but to start. And so we right. started like with a one weekend shoot to try and get some footage to get more people to so it was like it was a weird process of building this little movie until finally it was done and 
here it is. <laughs> yeah, successful. Yeah, it's, you know, the reason why I wanted you on here, because I know uh, for a lot of people, for a lot of actors, you know, we, we've all been through, through that struggle. But I think there's not an emphasis put on people like you uh, who are behind the camera. People don't know what it's like to be a director, a producer, to carry different hats off camera because, you know, this industry is more uh, focused on the people on camera. But I like the behind the scenes aspect. And the reason why I always talk about the incoherence, obviously, because, you know, it's your project, but because it was such an amazing experience for me to not Love only. You. Yeah, it was it was an absolute opportunity to not only meet Walter. Um, I'm, I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget everybody's name. No, no worries. I don't remember his name. Walter Hoffman <laughs> and, and, and Alex Emanuel. Alex um, Emanuel, Jeff Bauer, Casey Jeff. Clark, you guys played the band. Yep. They were they were amazing. And but then I also got to meet you, your brother, uh, the director of photography. Uh, I believe John his Hudak. name was John, right? Was it yep, John Hudak Jr.? John, yeah. And I think um it's important for people to understand what your role is. So my next question for you would be is what is some things or misconceptions about being a director, producer, or someone behind the camera um that people have? Or, you know, just a, a brief description of, you know, what your your role um, in a film or TV show is. Um, misconceptions, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know what people's conceptions are to say what they're, 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 they're wrong about. Um, but I, it seems like from your experience that, that where you are in the industry as an actor, um, you're not exposed as much to the struggles of, of maybe the, the crew side of it. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's a similar beast. Um, you know, you're only as good as your next pro your last project. And, and you're always like, I'm, I'm, I started my career. Um, if you can call it a career, uh, you know, it's kind of the same way that, that as an actor is looking for that right casting agent or to get in the right room. Right. Like I'm always right. trying to get in the right room. Who's the right person that's going to be like, Oh my God, this guy's got the talent. He's got the chops. He knows what he's doing. Um, and he's someone that we want to work with and he's got a great story. He's got a great this, like, let's take him and help him. Cause the biggest challenge for any project and it's more so now it's even harder now is really finding funding. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I always say like, I mean, I, I have a camera sitting here, like, you know, go out and shoot, go out and do, go and do whatever you can. But at some point when you want to level up and you want to make a movie, you want to do something bigger, like it costs money to do these things and it's hard. Um, right. And today, you know, it used to be, um, I think here's a misconception, because it used to be, you know, like, I grew up in an era of like, you know, Robert Rodriguez and, and uh, Christopher Nolan doing these like teeny tiny $7,000 feature films that get blown up and people are like, oh my God, wow. And there is a certain wow factor to the fact that these things got made. And, and it's like, so impressive, like, you had $7,000, you did what? And today with technology i think technology has advanced so much that it's a lot easier to make film which is great right i think it's one of the reasons why the incoherence um was as successful uh an artistic project as it was um and as uh you know became something that, that we could all be proud of filmically something that that, that really feels like a quote-unquote real movie um due to you know it's a lot easier to do that stuff but since it is a lot easier it's less impressive so right. the idea that you did something you know, having done something in the past, maybe, and not even that long ago, just a few years ago, may have been enough to get you to do the next thing. Right. I'll be honest. I just made my first movie. I, we just released it, at least I got a distribution deal with Gravitas. Um, 
now maybe releasing it during a pandemic has something to do with this but i have no idea how my next movie is getting off the ground and that's the reality of the situation um you know there aren't a lot of like uh you know the next audition for a director everybody's a director because they, they say that they're a director you know so um you know for me if, if there is a conception that you've done something you can do the next one just because maybe you can maybe some people do i have no idea i have no idea how so yeah the 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 onus of of how to get to the next step is is just it's, there's always a next step that you're always trying to figure out right yeah you know i this is a little minor thing but i remember my senior year of college 2018 i had to do a capstone for 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 theater and this was my first time ever stepping out the limelight. Well, I, I won't say limelight, but, you know, outside of being on stage. And I had to I had to find a script, break down a script, direct a play. Um, and then, you know, obviously I had to, you know, send it out and uh, market it. And it was the most brutal experience I ever had. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. But it really made me change my perspective on directors because for me, you know, when I first started out, I'll be honest, I used to think, oh, directors are just people who just tell actors what to do and they get paid. And then as I started climbing up the ranks a little bit, I realized it's much more than that, because like you said, you never know when your next project is coming from. So you have to um, be able to deliver a great project in order to continue getting those projects. I never thought about it like that. I always thought acting was that way, where you have to have momentum. I thought directing was just, okay, well, we like you, so we'll just have you, you know, direct the movie. I mean, I assume that 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 if someone somewhere likes me, <laughs> that's <laughs> like, hey, that's the next one. <laughs> but, uh, but what's interesting to your point, um, I guess it, it, the idea of like, oh, you know, you get to just tell actors what to do or tell the camera person what to do and all those things, um, you know, uh, director on the incoherence, producer on the incoherence, but there are there are you know three other producers on there, and you know I uh, you know we had our writer was a producer, so like there's you know you're wearing all these hats and you're doing all this work, but at the same time like it's not a dictatorship, you know I don't get to in this project I, I didn't get to just come in and say like I'm doing what I want to do, right. you know everybody piss off, um, you know there's there's always someone that you need to be collaborating with or making happy or whatever it is. Um, you know, when I'm out directing like narrative stuff, I, I, um, you know, often have the, you know, the opportunity to direct music videos and things. Right. Music video is a great example of like, what I want to do is not necessarily what the artist wants. Um, you know, I mean, I, I directed a music video last year that was like a, you know, a, a no budget kind of thing that I, you, you know, just, it didn't mesh with what the artist wanted. And we took a video and we just scrapped it and we just did something else. Um, I liked it, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter, you know? Um, I'd imagine that at some point you reach a level where, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know that everybody ever, you know, says to a Spielberg or a Scorsese or any of those guys and says like, no, uh, you know, we don't <laughs> like it, change it. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe one day someone will say, like, you do whatever you want. But. Yeah, I think sometimes, once you... sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. I, yeah, I, you... I have to be honest. Sometimes I've gotten lucky. 
I think, yeah, once you get to a certain point, like when you become like an A-list director or celebrity, you, you kind of get that right. Um, but I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you. So obviously sure. we're in a pandemic. Um, the entertainment industry is very slow right now. It's still shut down. Um, for you, how have you stayed motivated during this time? And how do you feel about the current state of the business? Because, um, you know, I know movie theaters are being uh, are in fear that uh, they may not survive this pandemic. A lot of studios don't have big budgets anymore. But obviously, besides Marvel and Disney, but a lot of like the independent uh, movie st- uh, movie companies don't have the big budgets that they used to or the backing. Um, so, what is your take on that? Like, how do you feel about the current state of things? And uh, I mean, the current state of things is. I, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of news about the entertainment industry in particular because it's entertainment and it's movies and, and everybody has that touches everybody to some degree right but i'd say that it's not an isolated thing for the entertainment industry at the moment i think there are probably a lot of industries that are scratching their head wondering like how do we move forward are we going to move forward at one point does this go back to normal is there a new a, a, a normal to go back to is there a new normal that we're going to i mean watching now just the the shift from you know, these major theatrical releases that aren't doing well to, you know, streaming releases. And then the question of prices and how that all affects it. It's, it's an, an interesting moment. Um, I don't know that I have any answers for where it's going to go. Um, I could say that like, you know, we had our release date of April 28th and we released VOD. Um, you know, that happened before, like we had our release date before the pandemic um, was a thing. And at first, you know, working with our marketing team and, 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 you know, just internally, we were saying, maybe this is a great thing. Like everybody's at home and, you know, we don't have, you know, Friday night going to the movies to compete with. And maybe this is an equalizer for indie films, but then it turns out that all these majors are releasing their films digitally also. And then it became like, no, 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 this space that we had less competition with, I think now we have more competition. Right. So I, I don't know. Um, I, and to your, to your question, like, how do you stay motivated? I'll be honest. I've been trying to, um, you know, write different screenplays and stuff for the next project. I spent this summer writing and illustrating my first children's book. Um, nice. Congrats. You know, I, I, thanks. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's coming and, and what's next. And, and I'll be honest as, as a first time director and producer with this feature film that just came out, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of moving your career forward is about timing. Um, you know, you do something and you got the next thing ready to go and somebody's there to like it. And like, you start talking and you know, you're hustling and moving where's the, there's, who do we hustling with? You know, everybody locked at home. Nobody's doing anything. Everybody's got a question mark about where this industry is going. I said, you know, I gotta take a a step back. Um, I did also, you know, we, we, we just had our our son a couple of weeks ago and I was thinking to myself, the content that I'm making, my son's never going to be able to enjoy, uh, or at least not for, for, you know, a few years. So I said, you know what, I'd like to make something for him. So that for me artistically was a great way to move forward and keep motivated and keep telling stories. Um, but I've started and stopped like half a dozen screens. So <laughs> I don't know. Meanwhile, my brother's been, been writing his butt off. So, you know, I guess different strokes for different folks. <laughs> so actually, since um, you brought up, you know, congrats on, uh, you know, the, the birth of your son. And I know how much of a proud dad you are. Now, 
that's a good thing I want to touch on because I know in this industry for a lot of people who have kids for a lot of parents they do find it hard to balance the parent life and the you know the career life um even though your son is is still uh, you know a newborn in a sense um do you find it hard it, it might just be different because of the pandemic but do you find yourself um you know kind of having to choose one over the other or something like that uh, I mean, I don't know that I can, I can super accurately answer the question because my son is literally two weeks old. Um, I can tell you, I have not been able to do anything. You know that how hard it was to schedule this. Um, <laughs> my wife's out on a walk with our son now. And my, I, I, she had a couple dings, I think was my text message interrupting our interview saying that he's having a temper tantrum and <laughs> she's having trouble walking. I'm like, I can't. so I don't know that I can necessarily answer that too accurately, but I can say that um, you know, I had in my head, uh, all these things that I wanted to accomplish before he was born. And, um, you know, I wanted to finish that children's book. Um, I had a delusion that I was also going to finish the screenplay. Um, I had some music I've been recording and working on. I wanted to finish a few things. I finished the book, which was, it's, uh, that's a, that's a major accomplishment, but I, I nothing else. And he came, he came, he was, he was due a week later, five, six days later than he came. And again, I still held in my head the delusion that in those five, six days, I was going to write a screenplay and record an album. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, coming into fatherhood, I was, I think maybe even subconsciously, consciously, I don't know. I was thinking, you know, all right, we got to figure out how to do this as best we can so that I can go back to work and writing and my next project and this and that. I'm not going to lie. Now that he's here, I don't care. I just... I just want to be with him, you know, and, and, you know, take care of him and, and do what I can to make him happy. And, and that's it. Um, I, I'm going to have to soon figure out how to balance work and life and parenthood and all that stuff. Right. Um, but I, 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 I think I took advantage over the summer of this pandemic and said like, listen, when ever have I taken a break? Never. Like I am working, like literally I have worked 20 hours a day for longer than I can remember <laughs> before this thing. Um, right. You know, bouncing, making a movie that, you know, I was putting money into, I was getting paid for. So bouncing that with clients, um, you know, and, and then balancing clients with other clients and all this stuff. And, you know, with this hit, it was like, all right, there's no more clients. There's no more industry. There's no more nothing. The movie's released. Everything's done. Now I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs. Like the first time in, in longer than I can remember that I'm rested. And then that longer than I can remember that I could do a project for myself. And I took on this children's book that I've been wanting to do for a long time, make a children's book. So um, to, to be able to do that, um, I have no idea what the hell we're talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I um, at this moment, moving forward, I'm going to accept the fact that we're still in this pandemic and not worry so much about what the next thing is and really focus on just my family and, and, you know, try to make us all happy. And at some point as the industry wraps, you know, starts revving up again, hopefully, and, and whatever else, I, you know, hopefully there will be a something else. There'll be something next. And then I can answer more better, more better. Oh, perfect. I'm tired. I can answer better how, uh, how to balance everything as, as my wife walks in and I can hear Jasper, my son. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Cause you said that, 
it was hard for us to plan this. And I'll be honest, I've had more trouble getting other actors or people who don't have kids to 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 get an interview with them, and you still showed up. So I mean, hey, it's a hey. I think that's a, a, a achievement in your hat, if I if I should say that. Fair. Well, you know, I mean. I had such a personal impact on your life and career. How could I say no? Uh, well, let's not get carried away here now. <laughs> I give him one compliment. He runs away with it. No. Hey. I, I got a bunch of chops. I, gotta make I, I have a two-week old screaming in my face all day. I'll take the compliment and run with it. All right. Perfect. Works for me. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I won't keep this too long because I know you, I don't want your wife to kill you. Um, <laughs> but... Um, you know, as someone behind the camera, as a director and producer, um, I know this is a common question uh, for a lot of actors is that, you know, what do you look for uh, when you have actors in front of you? Like any pet peeves or or uh, characteristics that you you think is very vital for uh, actor success or something like that? So um, that's a good question. Um, I. Uh, you know, funny enough, I, I never thought of myself as, as a quote unquote directors, uh, I'm sorry, actors director. Um, I always thought like the visuals were where my strong points were. And um, Alex had, had uh, forwarded me a compliment from, from some of the actors that were on set who had said like, wow, Jared's a real director, uh, actor's director. And I said, right. wow, really? That's cool. That, that was a really great compliment to me. Right. Um, what I tend to look for and look at is um, there's always this thing that I, that I say, I don't, I try not to say it directly to an actor, but, um, when I'm assessing a, a performance, what, whatnot, it's, can, I can see you acting. If I can see you acting, then we have a problem. And what I mean by that is, you know, if I'm looking in the camera and I see the performance and it feels like you're performing, you're acting, and I don't see the character, I don't see, you know, this thing that was on paper coming to life. I see someone saying lines like, that's a problem. Um, right. And you can see that in certain films, major films. Now, part of that is on the director, right? Like part of that, that is how you capture a performance. And you can certainly capture a great performance and make it look like you can see them acting. Um, but a really right. great performance matched with the right capturing of it, you know, it, you see a character, you see your story unfolding, and that's really what you need to see. Um, you know, it's distracting to see um, a performance that doesn't feel natural, that feels like someone's saying lines. And I think that's a big problem with a lot of indie productions um, right. is that, you know, listen, it's just less experienced actors and less experienced crew and less experienced filmmakers. And so you're mismatching, you know, a not wonderful performance with a not great capturing of it. And so it becomes distracting. You lose the story. You lose the film right. that you're trying to watch and you start seeing production. It's kind of akin to like, you know, if you're in the middle of a scene, this big dramatic moment, and then the boom dips down. Yeah. Right? Now all of a sudden you're not in a movie, you know, you're on set, and you, you know, it's, it's ruined. Right. And that to me is what, what you're kind of looking for is like, if I'm on set and I see a, a scene happening, I mean, I, I like to let actors do their thing. Like I have something in my head, but I also want to know what's in your head. Um, right. The same way that, you know, if I'm working with a cinematographer, I have something in my head, but what do you have? You know, that all of that, I think everybody brings something great on set and whatever I have, it's like, well, what do you have that might be better? And so I like, I like seeing that in, in performances. That's, that's one of the fun things for me is, is to watch a performance come to life and, and a character come to life. Um, but 
uh, you know, if you see that happening and you say like, yeah, I'm not, I see you saying lines, they're not yours yet. And I think that's the thing is you have to try and find a way to make the lines yours. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, a super in-depth method thing to be a thespian, all these things. It's just a matter of how can you get the words to roll off your tongue in a way that you would say it. Right. Uh, if I can elaborate more, the incoherence was also my first time acting in a movie. Um, you know, I did some shorts and stuff, but I, I play a character, it's a minor character in the film. And the first day that my character was supposed to speak um, in a small little scene that ended up being cut from the movie anyway, I knew I didn't have it. I could hear myself acting. And I kept giving my lines away to the other actors that were in the scene because I was like, I'm not helping this and I don't need my ego to be more inflated by saying it. And I gave the lines away. And in between that performance and the next time that I had a scene, I only had a handful of them in there. I had home, I was like, all right, I know what sucked. How can I make these words sound like me? Um, not necessarily me, but like, like they're actually coming from my being and not, you know, lines that I'm trying to be cool or be this or be that. Right. Um, and it was really helpful to, to rethink about how to just speak these words and be yourself and be loose and, and, and whatever else. And I think that helped also with the direction of, you know, everybody else on set. Cause I knew what I was screwing up with. I was like, well, now I can help everybody else who might be having a similar issue. Um, right. but it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. It perfectly okay. does. It perfectly does. And I was, um, you know, during this pandemic, what I've been doing, obviously besides content creating is I've been taking the time. So my favorite thing to do is because, you know, I got Disney Plus. What I'll do is I'll watch behind the scenes footage. Yeah, it's great stuff. And, and to hear like Kevin Faye and a bunch of other people who help with these movies talk about how they help the actors find the character, how they built the, how they built the story, how they progress the story. I think that's very key. And you said a lot of things that they talked about because a lot of actors don't realize the the bigger picture like for me when i first started it was all about my scene and that was it but then as i started getting more involved i started realizing that the director has a bigger image than right. you than you think um so you know this conversation for me and you um is for me to help kind of bridge the gap a little bit between right. what actors know and what they don't know because a lot of people don't know about behind the scenes. Everybody knows about acting, not everything about acting. But they'll know a lot of things about the on camera, but they don't know about the off camera. Um, and to tie that up, I want to ask you, um, you know, I actually got a YouTube video coming out about social media. Um, do you think uh, social media is very crucial, uh, not only as a director, but for, for anybody in the entertainment business, especially actors? All right. Uncensored, right? Yep. Fuck social media. <laughs> That's my personal feeling on it. At the same time, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's funny. This is one of the themes of the film of the incoherence is, you know, these older guys that just don't get it. They don't get the social media aspect of it, the self-promotion, all that stuff. I, particularly in promoting this film, you know, we worked really hard to build our social media and get the social, 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 and the ads and the this and that. Um, and I wanted to learn a lot about it. Um, um, 
you know, any stuff like that, I, I tend to think of myself as like a sponge to soak that kind of stuff up. Right. By the time we finished it, looking at the amount of followers, the likes, the this and that, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know anymore. I, I did the sprout for like the scheduled posts. We had the marketing company. We had the this and that. I don't know. Um, you know, yes. The, the sad part from what I've heard in this industry and, you know, and I'm sure we did it ourselves, even when, when casting and stuff is like, you know, if you're between two actors and one of them has a million followers and one of them has 10, you're going to go with the one that has a million followers because somebody sees something in them. Right. Right. And, and there's also that idea that um, if 10% of that million followers follows them to your movie, exactly. I think that sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've given up. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I don't want to care anymore. We've had this conversation behind the scenes. Like, I just don't want to freaking care about how many likes I get on Instagram. Right. A freaking movie. Why do I care about my likes on Instagram? But it matters. Um, you know, a lot of people find a lot of work through Instagram um, or yeah. Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I don't tweet at all. I don't. That one I get even less. I, that, <laughs> don't make, I don't even understand it. Um, but like, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, listen, if you have a successful YouTube channel, I that's made a lot of people's careers. No, that's undeniable. I, I have sat here and said, like, you know, I have thought about doing a, a behind the scenes of making the incoherence for on a, on a YouTube channel, like, like do do a YouTube series where like step by step, how did we make a movie? What did we do wrong? What can you learn from me? Right. And it's like, yeah, but why? I don't want to be a YouTube star. I don't care how many people watch it. And at the same time, there is a, a serious risk to yourself personally when you do something that you think is fantastic that a million people should see or a billion people should see and then like 10 people like it you go like uh i did a i did a short film a fan film um it's called robin uh it was batman and robin's short uh fan film um i did it uh, i don't know five six years ago seven years ago something else. um it was a proof of concept for a script that I wanted to do that had nothing to do with Batman and Robin, but it was an easier way for me to get an audience to, you know, latch onto it. Right. Um, you know, they could see the the story that I wanted to tell through these characters that they already knew. I was like, this is this is cool. Like, you know, the the, the, the people that, that saw it, like, whoa, this is this is cool. Um, fun fight choreography in it. Um, I had a mohawk in it. it um, <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, all right, like, here's the plan. I'm going to make, and by the way, if you check out this short film, there are a few incoherence in it as well. Um, Interesting. But, uh, you know, I, I'm like, all right, here's the plan, right? I'm going to make this, this short film. It's Batman, Batman and Robin, right? So people are going to find it. I'm going to put it on YouTube. It's going to get a million hits. And then I'm going to go like, hey, that was my proof of concept for this screenplay. Right. Now I need millions of dollars to make my movie. Yeah, it didn't happen like that. <laughs> I think maybe now there's something like 10,000 views on it, um, which in YouTube terms is nobody. Um, and then I made this film, I put money into it. I you know, put a lot of work into it, it took a lot of time. And it ends up being heartbreaking that like I did right. this thing, like forget the delusions of grandeur that was gonna come from it, but the hope that just people were gonna see it. Um, 
it, it, it breaks my heart, you know, it still breaks my heart just talking about it now that like, there's this thing there, I've seen tons of stuff on YouTube, nowhere near as good. Um, in fact, some stuff is just absolutely terrible, but they're better at the social, they're better at the hashtags or the this or that, or they're not, I have no idea. Right. And, you know, still, you know, you got a few thousand views on it. And it's like, ugh. I personally, I'm tired of it. I, I'm really happy that this theme was in my film. At the same time, I wish the end of the film, well, actually, I'm not going to blow it. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil my own movie. Yeah. But, but regardless, though, um, it's, it's frustrating. I can't say, you know, fuck it, don't, don't worry about it. You know, it's not important because you never know. Maybe it is important. Um, you know, I, I've gotten probably some comic work off of my Instagram posts but I don't know. I suck at it. <laughs> I, I, I'm just terrible. I'm just terrible. So. It's, it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because I, I talked about that in the video and it's like, you know, at one point you just like, I don't care about the likes, but then, you know, for me, especially like when I go on casting offices for like Netflix or Hulu, and then they ask you, you know, what's your Instagram handle? Um, or certain gigs will say, uh, you need 50,000 plus followers on Instagram to even be considered. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it countless I know, I've times. heard it. I've heard it. And you know, the stupidest thing is that, I, I don't mean to interrupt because I, no, no, I want to hear the rest of your point. Um, but like, it's really cheap to buy those followers. So like, this is, it's like, what, what, who cares? I mean- it wasn't it revealed that our the president with all his crazy followers that like there's a good per, per, percentage of them that are purchased too, like yeah I I mean the weight that gets put on this stuff is is silly but at the same time the perspective of the people who are judging based on this is from people who are hoping that Instagram or whoever is going to do their job for them again it goes back to like hey fifty thousand people are following this guy. Right. So that's 50,000 audience members. That's 50,000 people who've already vetted this person versus, you know, I don't know, I have like 800 something followers <laughs> and I probably years ago purchased at least a couple hundred. Um, <laughs> hey, no, look, um, we, so, we, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I've seen actors uh, that I follow and some I know personally who fall into that 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 um dynamic where you know they don't care about social media but because some play some gigs demand that you have a bigger following you know people will buy followers and you know it it's unfortunate but you know it is what it is especially in 2020 coming up on 2021 where a lot of these uh, uh movie studios want you to come with a following because you know you go on a movie or a tv show or a reality show they want you to promote it and the more eyeballs you got, the more money they'll make. So, I mean, it's a business. I, I always say it's show business. You know, it, yeah. you, sometimes you have to separate the talent from the business. And, you know, talent comes first and then the business comes after. Um, so it's tough. It's, it's, it's honestly. Uh, well, unfortunately, a lot of times the business comes first and the talent comes yeah, after. Yeah, you're right. You know, 100%, and, yeah. and uh, like, I, I mean, that becomes, you know, I mean, it's the same thing we're saying. Like, it's just you know, in talking about doing this, this, uh, like a YouTube thing about how to, how to make a movie. Um, 
you know, I was talking to Jordan about it, my brother, and, uh, you know, he was like, listen, it's a cool idea. But like, if you do it, you have to do it. That yeah. has to be the thing. And that becomes a challenge, right? Because you're, you know, anything that you're going to, that, that you're going to do that's worth doing is worth doing to the, the best level that you can do it, whether it's having an Instagram account that you want to build up a million followers or a YouTube channel to continue to get things. It's like, well, if that's what you want to do. That's what you're going to do. But like, I don't know, is making a YouTube channel, like, is, is that really going to get me to make my next movie? And if it is, yeah. is that what I want? Like, I'm going to sit here talking on this. Like, I listen, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I like this. I can talk to people all day. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's an interesting world that we live in. And I also think that, like, we're still, we're still figuring it out. Right. You know? I yeah. mean, um, this is all, like, really new. Um, you know, it's new to see our leaders and stuff tweeting. You know, right. it's, and it's and it's new to be judging an actor's talent based on how many Instagram followers they have. Right. So yeah. maybe that changes. Maybe it gets worse. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It's, uh, you know, I had this conversation a few times where it's like, for, you know, for me, I didn't do, you know, YouTube or my podcast just for the money. Well, obviously, you know, to eventually make money off of all of this stuff would be amazing. But yeah, I, I mean, really did it. it. Hell yeah. Yeah, you know, I you know, I'm doing well, but you know, I did it because I wanted to help people. And that's why, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine who who was on Netflix for a couple of seasons doing his show, and I told him, it's like for me, it's not about interviewing celebrities. It's not about interviewing people who has 100,000 subscribers on, you know, YouTube. It's all about what the message you can give out because at the end of the day, for me, I think this world is so obsessed with social media um, that a lot of people uh, don't care about the message. They just care about the following. And I think we have to get back down to the basics, especially for people in the entertainment industry, that it doesn't matter how many followers you have to a degree. It's all about what can you do to help others and, you know, use your platform to, you know, provide somebody with the insider knowledge to help them uh, further their career. So, you know, that, that's just yeah, for and me. There's, and there's a ton of great content out there. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can't tell you how much stuff I've learned from YouTube and, and whatever else. So like, mm -hmm. um, and I, I love Instagram. I mean, I follow some incredible artists. Like I right. have gotten tons of inspiration um, and learn stuff from, from these things. So like, it's not that I'm against it um, at all. Um, and I think that's, that's noble to say, like, I want to do something to help people to, to teach, to, to pass on knowledge, to, you know, be a conduit for, for, you know, information and stuff. I think that's great. Um, but this, this fictional idea of your worth and your value, um, even just particularly, I mean, I, I think people have this, this problem beyond the entertainment industry, but particularly for, for actors, filmmakers, whatever it is, artists, um, that, that your value is measured by the, your likes or your followers yeah. is just such bullshit. And it's yeah. so exhausting. That is. It's exhausting. I mean, the amount of time I feel like we wasted promoting this film, um, not that it was a waste, but like, you know, that, that we, we spent so much time promoting this film and it takes so much time to promote us, to promote the Facebook, the Instagram, the this and that. You go like, how much more actual real content could we have made? Right. You know, right. How, yeah. what, what did we not get to do because we were, you know, worrying about making 
Instagram posts for a month. I mean, I, I'm, I'm flashing back to spending days in front of Photoshop making Instagram posts that are all branded that 12 people like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's tough. It is absolutely tough. But, yeah. you know, let, let's, because, uh, you know, I, I don't want your wife to come up and uh, it hurts you. I, don't worry about it. It sounds I, like I don't hear, I don't hear crying or screaming from either of them. <laughs> so I think we're all right. So, um, you know, a, a few more questions, but one, sure. one thing I want to ask you is what advice would you give people who starting out, who are still, uh, you know, trying to climb the ranks, whether it's actors or directors or just anybody in, t- in, t- in the entertainment industry, uh, what advice would you give them? Um, make a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, whether you're an actor or a filmmaker, I mean, today with, you know, your cell phone, I mean, my first short film was shot on a standard def mini DV, um, you know, video camera. Right. My cell phone costs half as much as that camera and looks 10 times as good. Anybody can do. Right. Anybody can do, um, which is a double-edged sword, right? Because it means you can do it without an excuse, but it also means that you're competing with millions of other people who are doing it. Absolutely. So if you're an actor or a filmmaker, you have to make more. Um, you know, if you're an actor, keep acting. Um, if you want to be on screen, be on screen more. And you know, write stuff, download stuff, film yourself, get your friends, film more stuff. Um, you know, the if I if I have achieved anything, if I've risen to any type of rank as a filmmaker, it's because I did and I did and I did and I did. The next part of that though is you got to hold yourself to a higher standard. Absolutely. You have to be your own worst critic. Now there's a difference between getting down on yourself and being overly critical and being educationally critical, knowing where you want to be and where you are and working to bridge that gap. You know, looking at the people that you admire and saying like, how do I get better so that I can be at that level? Right. What's also important is to make sure that you're not, and this is something I learned probably on the set of The Incoherence, um, if not afterwards, is while you have these people that you admire and that you're aspiring to, don't try to be them. You have to recognize the things that you have that are special. And this isn't in a snowflakey, everybody's special kind of way. I'm saying as a performer, as an artist, you have a voice. It's hard to find. Um, you're actually not going to know what it is, or even recognize it until it's already out there, until you've made enough things, until you've performed enough, acted enough, uh, directed enough, made music enough, painted enough, whatever it is, till you start to see like, there's, there's a through line here. There's something here. There's a voice that is different and unique and yet relatable and special and something that that's the part that needs to be amplified that comes only with time and genuinely there were moments in in post i edited the incoherence as well um there are moments in the film um because listen this is the first time i made a feature film this is the longest biggest most expensive project i've ever gotten to work on and there are moments in that where i it, like in post in editing looking at different scenes being like that scene feels like me this scene doesn't 
And there's something there and, and there's something to recognizing that, um, being aware of it, maybe being critical of it. Um, you know, but, but there were, there were certain moments that definitely made me feel like there, I do have a voice right? as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, as, as an artist. Um, and that only comes out and that I, I, I want to believe that's what people are really looking for. Not Instagram likes. They're looking for that unique voice, that thing that's inside of you. That's not coming from anyone else. Um, and I want to believe that I've at least scratched the surface of finding that and that hopefully my next project will be only that. We'll Absolutely. Now, <laughs> this is going, I, I, I don't like to talk about politics too much because uh, we, 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 all, we all know how divisive it is. But yeah. I got to ask you, because I've been thinking about this. I feel like um, celebrities and anybody in the industry who are A-list shouldn't be involved with politics in, 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 the, in, the, in the sense that I feel like every, like for this election, for example, almost every celebrity actor uh, or supporter I've seen has voted for just one side. And I feel like for people who are coming up who may not share the same belief, whether that's being a Democrat or being a liberal, I feel like if they speak out, you know, saying I support Trump or something like that, they'll get backlash. Do you think um, actors, anybody who's going to come up, should avoid talking about politics, avoid sharing their beliefs about politics. Yes. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> he trolled um, the troll master. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's a really tough question. I think there's today we're, we're living in an interesting time. Right. Um, I think that, that there's, there's sort of politics and then there's sort of issues that are affecting our lives and our country. And I know that that's, I mean, listen, just as, as, to the, really the best illustration of, to answer your question is how careful I'm trying to be in answering, you know? Um, right. You know, I think that's, an, it's important. Um, listen, I, I did an interview, uh, you know, a few months ago, um, you know, it was on a, a radio show and one of the hosts was spouting some stuff that I, I did not agree with. And I wanted to make sure that I was vocal as diplomatically as I could to be distanced that her belief as the host of the show was not a belief I, I shared. Um, because it's, it, it is, it's, it's hard. Um, you know, I think that Listen, if you're passionate about something and you think it's important and you have a voice, you, you know, have a right and maybe even a responsibility to use that voice. Um, at the same time, we do live in a time where, you know, and due to social media, I think is one of the, the culprits, everybody <laughs> thinks their voice is important, you know? Yeah. Everybody thinks that their voice needs to be heard. Right. Um, you know, listen, I'm, I'm guilty of, of posting stuff on Facebook once in a while when I, I think something is unjust and, and needs to be addressed. And listen, I have friends and family members who don't agree with me. Um, that's, that's the risk you run. Um, you know, whether, whichever side you're on on these different things, you know, I, I sometimes it's difficult to know like what the temperature is 
but also sometimes you have to take the temperature. Um, right. You know, like it's it, it's a hard thing to recognize that we live in a country where there is a lot of divide at the moment. Um, maybe it's always been there, um, and we're just seeing it more now. Maybe again because of social media. Um, but we also, I think, need to recognize that we're not, we don't all live the same. Um, you know, that, that there are, I mean, unfortunately, one of the problems I think is that there's two sides. When the reality is there's a million sides. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, things aren't so black and white and we perceive them to be black and white. And if you're not on this side, you know, if you're not with us, you're against us. And right. I think that's, that, that is problematic. Um, at the same time, I think like we were talking about, you know, how social media is new and we don't know where that's going. A lot of people who didn't have voices before have voices, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it's, it's Hollywood or, you know, just, you know, some schmuck on Twitter. Um, and I think there's just growing pains with all of that. And we got to all figure it out together when it comes to or separately or whatever but you know as we move forward with this i I know i'm not fully answering your question and i think that my answer is just an opinion and i think that's something that's really important is to recognize that we don't all have to agree like i could i could give you my answer of like things i like about what happens with the mixing of politics in hollywood and things that i don't like about the mixing of politics in hollywood but at the end of the day we live in such a, an outrage culture. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion on something should not necessarily, unless it's so fucking awful, be something to cause outrage. It's just, you can just disagree. Right. At the same time, some of those things don't feel, you know, appropriate to just, you know, disagree and ignore because they are that atrocious and there's there's a lot of stuff going on in our country that's just not as much as like we said like it's not black and white there's a lot of shades of gray and i think there's a lot of shades of gray to the what you do about it how you conduct yourself i think that whether you're an upcoming actor filmmaker whatever it is um or just joe schmo um like you you need to you need to do what you feel is right about how you conduct yourself and you know, if you're going to conduct yourself in a certain way, you have to stand by it. Right. Or learn how to apologize a lot. <laughs> um, you know, but but we, I don't know. It's 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 not easy times, I think, for, for entertainment or for anybody. Um, right. Why, like, again, like, I'm not going to give a hard answer on on what, I, what do I know? I, who am I? I, I just spent, <laughs> you know, 20 minutes bashing, you know, social media because I'm equally as frustrated with, the state of affairs as, as anybody else. Um, right. you know, uh, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about some celebrities go too far this way or that. I don't know. That's, that's not for me to say, you know? Yeah. It's I only brought it up because I know for a lot of people who fear speaking out, you know, for a lot, of, especially in the, ent- in the entertainment industry, you know, you want to come up, you might say, I don't hate Donald Trump. And, you know, especially for both of us that live in L.A., where we see more, you know, of the, the liberals and stuff like that. And I only know about this stuff because I only really started paying attention this year. But 
I know I notice a lot of people in LA are very liberal. So if I come out and say I don't hate Trump, whether that means I don't I still don't support him, but I just don't hate the guy, that can cause a lot of people to lose work. That can cause people to um feel that, you know, they're against them and you know people don't want to cast them in anything, they don't get jobs, nobody wanna associate with them. And it, it is frustrating to see that where someone's opinions can cost them a job. I've seen this uh, for, at one point, there was an actor who came out on Twitter. He wasn't like an A-list celebrity, but he's done a few big projects. I think his name was Mark Lambert or something like that. And he came out and said, you know, I don't hate Trump. Um, and it wasn't a way to say, you know, you have to vote for Trump. He just said, you know, I, I agree with some of the points he said. And he got backlash for it. People cursed him out. People get, you know, said hateful things to him. The industry, uh, you know, blackballed him a little bit and it forced him to come out and apologize. And I'm sure he still didn't get work after, but I just hate to see something like that cost somebody a job or their career just because their opinion is different from everybody else. And well, yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you know, one of the things the, the the challenges I think in in Hollywood today and, and just in, not even I, I know we keep saying that these are Hollywood things but they're not we just see the Hollywood portion of it I think right yeah um, but like you know you're, you're you're talking about this cancel culture um, you know it's this idea that like you know there's there's these two teams and like you you have to play ball. Like, you one. have to agree with me, but like, like, you know, you have to, you have to be on the team the way I want you to be on the team. Right. Every team, you know, whatever it is, like, you, you know, you can't do it your way. You have to do it my way. Right. Um, and I think, you know, there's, I don't know. I, I mean, it, this is such a hard question, you know, it is I, hard. I know like we're, we're just sort of spitballing and I want to like reiterate, like, who am I? I'm, I'm just, Nobody. I made a little movie. I know who so you like are. Wait, wait. I know who you are, Jordan. I know who you are. You're a Trump supporter. Trump twenty. No, stop. <laughs> I, I mean, again, like I, I want to stay out of this kind of stuff, but at the same time, as someone like you know, if if I have a voice and anybody gives a shit, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am not. Um, but it's honestly the, the the real answer to your question is like how difficult even just having this conversation is exactly. because I'm, I, you know, I, yeah, you're always hesitant to say the wrong thing about the wrong way or the wrong this. And that just happens to be the culture that we live in now. And I, I hope that that stuff gets smoothed out and we can find a way to have better conversations and better dialogue. But mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is I think most of us interpersonally forget the professional stuff. Um, you know, interpersonally and, and just between your know, Facebook posts or, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, we, we, we're not doing a good job of having conversations and dialogue. And that's, that stuff gets extrapolated. Um, and that's just, that's just the world we live in right now. Um, hopefully that changes. Yeah, it's, it's sad. And, you know, I started the Prince of Fresh Air podcast because I'm a free thinker. I'm not, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm nothing. I'm just a guy who sees life for what I see it for, not just speak about it. I don't play into these, these sides. And this is why America is so divided is because you have to either be on Biden's side or you have to be on Trump's side. 
and I only use that example because this is the biggest thing right now. Where this is, this is where we're at. Yeah, it's 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 sad to see, and you know, for me, and I, I've stressed this before: freedom of speech. When I when I invite people to be on a podcast or a YouTube uh, video, I'm not censoring you. I I mean, obviously, if you curse too much, I might say, "I right, you know, cut it out," because you know, I got to get paid. But uh, I I pretty much feel like we don't have freedom of speech anymore. I feel like when you say something that someone disagrees with, uh, you're automatically labeled a racist or a homophobe or something like that, some type of phobic thing. And it's like, well, you know, I respect your opinion. Can you respect mine? But we don't have that. And it's unfortunate um, because... Well, it, uh, just oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just saying, uh, you know, for me personally, you know, for my pocket... I don't care if someone is a Trump supporter, that's absolutely their right. And I'm not going to stop them. But if they go on another platform and say that they, they get their profile banned, they can't use the website no more. And that's not fair. I, I don't think know that's, that's entirely true. true. Not entirely, but for I the mean, most part, you know, I, I, I don't think, I think that this is, this is sort of where the line is, right? Where not the line. I, I don't know, but the, the difference between, you know, supporting one person or not supporting one person versus when you're talking about things that infringe on people's rights and civil liberties and things like that. And I think that's where, unfortunately, we are in a state where the person that you support does represent how you feel about certain people's rights and right. certain people's civil liberties. And so it's very difficult for a lot of people to separate a support for a person and what that person represents when they've let you know what that is that they believe in. Right. And so, you know, I, again, I mean, it, it, it's hard. Um, you know, to say you support someone is one thing, but to say you support um, something that, that is, is hurtful to somebody else or infringes on somebody else's things, that's where these things become, you know, it's harder to separate. Right, right. And, and that's where the problems become. Um, and so, I, I don't know, I, it, it's a tricky time. I think it's a tricky time for history. It's a tricky time for entertainment. It's a tricky time for anything. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like I said, I, 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 I want to say that my beliefs are personally are on the right side of, of history. And, and I hope that they, that, that the things that I believe in um, are the direction that our country moves in. And at right. the same time, I don't want to tell you what those are in a public forum because, right. you know, I, you, you never know if I don't say it the right way, if I don't, they're going to say, burn down and care. <laughs> yeah, it's, it it's. I mean, I, you know, I, I, to, yeah. to be honest, like to, to really like you texted me or we were messaging before the interview. You say, hey, can we, what do we, can we talk about politics? Can we talk about this? I said, yeah, bring it on. Let's talk about anything. And I got off and I was like, you know, what would be the safest thing for me to say, no, let's yeah. not talk about politics. Let's not talk about any of that shit. Right. I made, I made a little tiny indie movie. Let's talk about that. We can talk about some comic books, <laughs> children's books. <laughs> all that stuff but like pause it's it's hard i mean um and especially you know 
the bigger the voice, I think the the more you can get away with. I am not a big voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to have the opportunity to have a bigger voice, but I don't know. And and yeah. I think I think to go back to what you were talking about originally, though, for people looking for for work and acting and whatever, like you have to recognize that um, it's not so much a matter of, I think, you know, being censored or nobody wants your side of this or that or whatever. It's a matter of your trying to come up right you're trying to make your way and and have people see you and if you're going to start in a way that is i hate to use the word offensive or controversial or whatever but if you if you're going to start in a way that's like you haven't earned a place to to really be putting out your opinion and maybe that's the thing maybe i feel like i haven't earned the place to rightfully defend my opinion on this or to say boo about any of this shit um yeah. But like, if we're really talking about fuck the politics part of it, but the the getting a job part of it, mm -hmm. the way you conduct yourself and is and the foot that you put forward, that's what people are judging you on, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, listen, you know, if there's a difference between someone's got a hundred thousand followers and fifty thousand followers, there's also a difference between someone who is going to run their mouth on things that are maybe not agreeable to a vast amount of people, right. and someone who's not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing my best right now. I'm treading the line as close as I can to be the person that just isn't. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, and, I'm, that's, and that's with, without with, out regard to what side that is, you know, whichever side your opinions are. I'm just saying like, I can tell you from my own personal experience as someone who's coming up, I am not up. I am not there. Oh, I would yeah, like same. to be there. Same. I would like to be there. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, you know, just, I, I'm the same way. That's why. Better safe than sorry, no matter what it is that you're talking about. Yeah, and I, that's why when I, and that's why I asked you about politics, just because it wasn't in the sense that all right, who you uh, support and why. It was more just to had the conversation about certain things involving politics because I know a lot of people do uh, fear the backlash of uh, of what they say. Now, for me personally, you know, I separate, uh, you know. I, honestly, some people might not separate the two, but I separate what I do on camera for what I do for my own personal stuff. So I think it helps me because I'm not a political guy. I'm not into politics. I don't have a specific view on politics. I just talk about anything, whether it's, you know, from the Democratic side or the Republican side, I don't discriminate. But I, I know for a lot of people who do have uh, you know, idea of who they want to vote for, you know, out of, of a belief that they have, if they come out and say it, you know, people are like, Ooh, I knew, I knew it. And then, you know, all of a sudden now people don't want to talk to them. Uh, I've seen people get their job. Uh, I've seen people have their jobs getting called because they said something on Facebook. So um, it's just for me to really just start a conversation. I'm not talking about who you support, but just start the conversation of, why? Why is things like that? Why is things so divisive? Why we can't just all get along, you know, but, you know, that will never know, be answered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's a, a, uh, if you have such strong convictions that you can't, that you have to say something, then right. it's, it's also your responsibility to stand by those convictions. And if there is a re repercussion to it, Listen, take your take your licks. Like, if you if you feel the need to project your convictions, and and I have, 
I, I'm not gonna lie. You, can, you know, yeah. look at posts. I, I've done it, and I'll I I will stand by the stuff that I have said. Um, you know, if someone is offended by it, regardless, again, I'm I'm not gonna talk about it here what I might have said or whatever, but like, I, I'll stand by that. And and if that's somebody that you know somebody else coming up, look, if you're on the other side or th- whatever side, if, listen, if you feel that strongly and you have those convictions. And you go into it knowing that this may hurt me, you know, to, to move forward saying that kind of shit. Stand by it, own it, own yeah. it. Um, at the same time, I mean, this goes back to what we were saying before. You know, when it comes to jobs and work, like I, I, I don't like the the temperature of this cancel culture and being afraid to say something. I don't like being afraid to talk about this stuff right now. I, I don't. I, I think that's it's it's um, it, it doesn't say anything very positive about the state of affairs that, um, you know, I, I don't want to even misspeak about how I believe in, you know, like I just, it's, right. it's, it's a rough time. It's a rough time. Um, you know, that said, you know, I, I do think that there's certain issues and certain elements where like, if you want to be public about things that are infringing on people's rights or hurting people or killing people or, you know, are really detrimental to, to people's well-being. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that's good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think, honestly, that was the perfect time. I'm sure people probably checked out when we started talking about politics anyway. But, no, I, I think it's a good productive uh, conversation. You know, for me, I'm not here to stir the pot, start trouble. I don't care who you support or not. I will talk to you. And, you know, I think, you know, I, I'm just one guy, but I, I just want to start that conversation. Just have that conversation. I feel like just having just a, just a one-on-one shouldn't evoke uh, so much hate, but you know, this is the time we live in and what can we do about it at the end of the day? But um you know, it was good to have you. I'm not going to keep you any longer because, you know, we're running long. I said 15 to I, 25 minutes and we're already past an hour. <laughs> are we? Yeah, I, I believe so. Time, man. Oh, it was a good it was a good time. You know, a lot of people, I, I try to have fun. I think the important thing about all of this, it's not even just about the education aspect. It's just to have fun, just to talk, you know, have a good time. And that's what I'm all about. I'm all about the positivity. So, and I'm sure you've uh, positively uh, helped people in their journey. Um, But so in order to close this right, you know, you have to plug your stuff. We're all guilty of it. Uh, So, you know, where can people find you? Where can people uh, watch the movies that you put out and stuff like that? Sure. Sure. Well, of course you can follow me on Instagram that I don't give a shit about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, at Loaded Barrel Studios. So Loaded Barrel Studios is uh, is my production company, my comic book publishing company, um, my design studio, whatever you want to call it, Loaded Barrel Studios, um, which is also one of the reasons why nobody knows how to pronounce my name. Jared <laughs> See? Loaded Barrel. Um, that's also why we named it that, because no one can pronounce my name anyway. Um, but my, my Instagram is at Loaded Barrel Studios. I'm on Facebook, Loaded Barrel Studios, loadedbarrelstudios.com. Um, where else? JaredBarrel.com. And of course, the movie, The Incoherence, um, you can learn more about that at theincoherence.com. Uh, we're streaming on Amazon. Uh, we're streaming on Epics. Mm-hmm. And you can rent us or buy the movie on iTunes, Google Play, Fandango Now, 
uh, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much almost anywhere um, that you can do VOD. Uh, I know certain cable platforms have it too that you can you can rent it or demand it or whatever it is it. Um, but yeah, that's that's us. See. Oh, and you can buy our album. You can buy the soundtrack album. So if you oh. like if you like the movie, then you can go on Spotify and 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 listen to it. I think we'd get like half a penny for every three thousand. <laughs> This <laughs> thing's on Spotify. Um, you buy the album on, on Amazon, comes printed, it's fine. <laughs> Do I get a portion of the proceeds? I mean, no. I, dude, I haven't even gotten a portion of the proceeds. <laughs> <laughs> Big brother, like, yeah, it's time to get paid. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Jared. And remember, a helping hand is a better hand. Amen. Thank you.